the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's a fact. If the riches of the wealthy were given to the average American, the rich would have their wealth back in no time at all. Not because they're more deserved, but because they do a really great job of getting us to spend it back to them. And once it's in their hands, they work it to their self-interest. The host of Get Rich Slow, Jim McAleese, believes the financial decisions you make today will guide your financial destiny tomorrow. Jim teaches you to plan for the worst and then hope for the best. America is under no obligation to provide what you need. Entitlements are out. Opportunity is today's watchword. Money matters can be intimidating, but they don't have to be. So let's supercharge your wealth building plan now with Jim McAleese. And I'm proud to be an American where at least I know I'm free. And I won't forget the men who died who gave that right to me. And I gladly stand up next to you and defend her. Good morning and welcome to Get Rich Flow. This is your money school for financial winners. Here we explore strategies to help you prosper. We look at the big picture and develop plans, plans to help guide our families to meet their financial goals. Get Rich Flow gives you solid financial strategies, strategies that will help improve your financial life. If you want the truth, not the hype, please join us for the next hour for Get Rich Slow. I'm Jim McAleese, Certified Financial Planner, President of Cornerstone Consultants Incorporated. Where securities and investment advisory services are offered through Next Financial Group Incorporated, which is a member of FINRA Pacific Cornerstone Consultants, is not an affiliate of the group. Well, good morning. I know I finally found my jacket and my gloves, and I've grown accustomed to our cooler weather now. It took a while, but now I'm. Hey, this is beautiful autumn weather. The colors, the sight. The briskness of the autumn in November, it's all good. It feels good that Thanksgiving will be here in no time. And lots of leaves to break up before then. Well, I can come up after too, so. But let's remember that today is Veterans Day. Many veterans have seen war, all knew that they could be called upon to risk their lives in their tour of duties. They, they left their families and... In many cases, um, maybe too many, uh, made the ultimate sacrifice. For others, Veterans Day is a moment to honor the fallen and those who returned home forever changed by their experience. Today, there will be ceremonies in the towns and villages across Northeast Ohio, so let's go find a time to attend and re- remember our veterans and thank them. It's an opportunity to thank those who are still with us and those who return to civilian life carrying their experience and memories. Veterans Day is not merely a day 
on the calendar. It's a reminder that supporting our nation's current and former uh, military members is not really an act of gratitude. It is the least we can do for those who sacrifice so much for us. Remember that America is the land of the free and the home of the brave. And also remember that freedom isn't free. So just remember the ball cycles for their experiences in the Army, the Navy, the Air Force, Coast Guards, you know, it's all in the duty calls. Uh, this was another good week for U.S. equities with the three major stock indices, the Dow Jones Industrial, the Standard & Poor 500, and the, and the NASDAQ Composites, all up for the, another week. Uh, at the uh, last Federal Reserve, uh, Federal Open Market Committee meeting, at the start of this month, the markets were optimistic after the committee decided to maintain the target range of the federal funds rate. It was at, uh, you know, five and a quarter to five and a half. That's where uh, they keep it. And to continue the process of significantly reducing their uh, securities holdings. So that was the second time. September was the first time that the committee didn't raise the federal funds rates. And uh, after the press conference following the meeting, Federal Reserve Chairman addressed questions from reporters, and and they interpreted the message from the chairman as the Federal Reserve might be done lifting uh, interest rates. So part of the optimism came from uh, Chairman Powell's acknowledging that the run-up in the long-duration Treasury uh, yields could uh, push up borrowing costs and potentially uh, uh, finish America's inflation fight without uh, further rate hikes. But uh, that optimism uh, lasted from November 1st until Thursday this past week when the U.S. Treasury um, they held a auction for uh, 30-year bonds. They've been, you know, the Treasury uh, with the deficits we've got of 1.7 trillion for last year, and the probably projected two trillion dollar deficit for this year, uh, is going to be selling a lot of bonds. And uh, during this auction for the 30-year bonds, which attracted uh, a disappointingly little interest, it also caused the bond yields to jump up. That's generally what happened when you've got too much demand. And not you too much supply of bonds, and not enough demand for them. Your yield jumps up. So uh, that was a signal to the bond market, also a signal to the stock market. About an hour later, Federal Chairman Powell spoke on a panel organized by the International Monetary Fund. Um, he went over almost exactly what he had said. Uh, November 1st, uh, the last meeting of the, of the Open Market Committee. And as he said before, if it were to become appropriate to tighten policy further, he would, uh, they, he quote, we will hesitate, we will not hesitate to do so. So, uh, unquote. What grabbed attention was a slight change in wording in his introductory remarks in which he warned of the quote, risk of being misled by a few good months of data, uh, unquote, and complained that there 
had been some uh, low inflationary head fakes in the past. Well, that was enough to scare the bond market between the between the uh, his words and the thirty-year uh, uh, auction that did, that pushed the rates up. Uh, Powell was really trying to correct the impression, uh, previous impression that the Federal uh, Reserve was done hiking rates. What Powell did uh, seemed secondary to the news of the actual. Uh, 30-year bond auction an hour before. So between the poorly received uh, 30-year bond auction and Chairman Powell's uh, discussion uh, uh, on Thursday, uh, the uh, Standard & Poor 500 fell eight-tenths of one percent on Thursday. Well, the Standard & Poor 500 index had been on an eight-day streak of up days. So a ninth would have made it the longest in almost 20 years. But the streak ended when the uh, bond yields popped up at about approximately the same time that Paul was talking about uh, uh, going back and uh, uh, increasing rates if they had to. But both the stocks and the bonds had recovered by Friday when the three major stock indices all ended up for the week. And uh, while a lot of investors think that, and uh, one of them think the Federal Reserve has finished raising rates, there are enough unknowns in the global monetary system that you have to uh, you have to remember uh, Chairman Powell's warning. Uh, it's not a uh, it's not a hundred percent sure that uh, they won't have to raise the rates. It's just uh, uh, what we know now, they probably won't. You know, Federal Reserve Chairman Powell said that the U.S. Central Bank will continue to move carefully, but won't hesitate to tighten policy further if needed to contain inflation. So uh, the tenor of Powell's comments reinforced that policymakers are not ready to declare an end to their tightening campaign, even though uh, financial markets and many economists have concluded that the Federal Reserve is done raising the rates. Powell um, said that the supply side uh, benefits that have helped slow inflation so far may have run their course and repeated that stronger growth may warrant uh, further tightening. So um, the inflation, uh, well, we'll find out about it. The, the next meeting of the Federal Open Market committee is uh, December 12th and 13th. So uh, if you take a look at what people think about inflation, according to the latest uh, consumer sentiment report, and we'll get into that later as well, according to that report from the University of Michigan, there's a lot of people who expect inflation to go higher. Now, according to the the uh, Consumer Sentiment Report from the University of Michigan. Uh, the people, consumers expect uh, prices will climb at an annual pace of 3.2% over the next uh, five or 10 years, and that cost will rise approximately 4.4% over the next uh, year. So uh, basically, we look at the consumer sentiment. Uh, 
report to give us some visibility into consumers' attitude regarding uh, large purchases, such as cars and homes and stuff like that. And uh, the, uh, the the university university's consumer sentiment has slipped this month to a, a six-month low of 60.4. That's weaker than all estimates in a uh, Bloomberg survey of economists. And while Americans are slightly more upbeat about their finances, uh, measures of buying conditions and economic outlooks go uh, deteriorated. Uh, according to Joanne Sue, director of the survey, she said that, quote, the combination of expectations for persistently high prices, high borrowing costs, and labor market weakness does not bode well for the prospects of continuing strength in uh, consumer spending and economic uh, growth. If you take a look at the uh, survey results uh, comparing uh, November report to the previous October uh, report, you see that uh, the uh, index of consumer sentiment uh, went from uh, 63.8 in uh, October to 60.4 in November. So that's a pretty drastic drop. And if you take a look at the, uh, they, they break it into a short term, let's say a year, and then a longer term, greater than a year. How do you feel about the short term that's called the concurrent economic conditions that went from 70.6 to 65.7. And then you look at the index of consumer expectations. That's the longer uh, longer time frame. And the uh, marks there went from 59.3 in October down to 56.9 in uh, November. So uh, not, uh, not getting better, basically getting worse. So if we take a look at the actual report, uh, that the, uh, the director, uh, Joanne Sue, put out, quote, consumer sentiment stripped for the fourth straight month, falling 5% in November, while current and expected personal finances both improved modestly this month, the long-run economic outlooks slid 12%, in part due to the growing concern about the negative effects of uh, high interest rates. The ongoing war, wars in Gaza and Ukraine weighed on uh, many consumers as well. Uh, overall, lower-income consumers and younger consumers exhibited the strongest decline in sentiment. In contrast to that, the sentiment among the top one-third of stockholders improved 10% reflecting the recent uh, strengthening in the equities markets. And it continues, year-ahead inflation expectations inched up to 4.4%, indicating the large increase between September's 3.2 reading and October's 4.2 readings was no fluke. The current reading is the highest since November of 2022 and remains well above the uh, 2.3 to 3% range 
seen in the two months prior to the pandemic. Uh, Long-range inflation expectations also rose from 3% last month to 3.2% this month, and the highest reading since uh, 2011. And also notice, uh, notice gas prices expectations, gas price expectations, both over the short and long run, rose to the highest readings uh, uh, this year. And uh, uh, if you take a look at an index of buying conditions, and that's basically why we look at that particular report, uh, the index of uh, Buying conditions for durable goods uh, slumped from a month earlier by the most since November of last year. So it was a kind of a steep drop. Uh, the record 36% of consumers spontaneously blamed high borrowing costs or tight credit conditions for uh, poor motor vehicle purchase conditions. The share of consumers blaming uh, similar factors for uh, poor home and durable goods buying conditions was the highest since uh, 1982. So again, uh, the uh, jo- uh, Joanne Sue said, quote, high price concerns for durables, vehicles, and homes declined steadily in 2022 following their mid-year peaks, but uh, those improvements all stalled in 2023 as prices remained high uh, for the consumers. So uh, nearly one out of five consumers surveyed said that unemployment will cause uh, more hardship than inflation over the coming year. So expectations indicate they expect the something of a recession, no one knows how, how what they expect in terms of debt. Uh, the government's latest job report showed hiring was concentrating in, uh, concentrated in only a few sectors while the unemployment rate climbed to its highest level since the start of 2022. But even though it's back to the highest level since the start of 2000, 2022, it's still not very high. I think it's 3.9%. And uh, the combination of higher inflation expectations and concerns about the durability of consumer spending, that's going to pose a difficult challenge for the Federal Reserve policymakers as they debate further uh, interest rate hikes. So, you know, different, there's different uh, opinions uh, as, to, as to how people see inflation going. Uh, and there's certainly uh, very important consequences, both with regard to the stock and bond markets, as well as the uh, consumer spending for uh, large purchases of cars and homes, too. And... Uh, uh, if you take a look at what happened uh, this week, this was a mixed week uh, for global equities. But in the U.S., the three major stock indices, the Dow Jones Industrial Average, the Standard and Poor 500, and the NASDAQ composite were all up for the week. And that's the second week in a row they were all up. 
while in Europe, the major uh, stock indices were mixed. In the UK, the FTSE 100 was down for the week, but in the European Union, uh, Germany's DAX was up, but the stock Europe uh, 600 was down for the week. And in Asia, uh, Japan's Nikkei 225 was up, but China's Shanghai Composite and Hong Kong's Hang Seng were both down for the week. On Friday, the three major U.S. stock indices closed the week at the Dow Jones at 34,283.10, and that was up 0.65% for the week. The Standard and Poor 500 closed the week at 4,415.24, I'm sorry, and that was up 1.31% for the week. And the NASDAQ, NASDAQ composite uh, closed at 13,798.11, and that was up 2.37% uh, for the week. Uh, so it's basically a good week uh, for the markets and uh, 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 certainly for the U.S. markets, if not for uh, Europeans. Uh, in the Asian markets, so uh, Asia, China is is having a little trouble with uh, uh, deflation over there. Uh, they they felt that they were coming out of their uh, doldrums through the uh, well. They still have their issues with regards to the home construction uh, and the, their big developers going belly up and. Uh, but uh, now they've got deflation on their hands, too. So we'll see how all that uh, works its way uh, through the system. So uh, when we think about the global picture or the U.S. picture, uh, what we're seeing is that, uh, you know, the industry is picking up. Uh, the Federal Reserve is, is uh, getting inflation under control. In, well, I take a look at the the economy. The economy is slowing down, but it's still very, very strong. It's not uh, falling off a cliff or anything like that. It's just uh, doing basically what the Federal Reserve wants it to do in terms of manufacturing. It's slowing down a little bit. Uh, service industries are s- slowing down in certain sections, but other sections like uh, Travel and uh, uh, lodging and uh, entertainment and uh, uh, dining and things of this nature. Uh, they're still, you know, going very, very well. And that's, a, I think, a carryover from people being cooped up during the uh, COVID. Uh, but that should uh, slow down. And, you know, it's just a matter of uh, people getting that out of their system. And uh, so the big economy, the big picture uh, looks reasonable. And the, the expectations are for the, uh, the, the uh, inflation uh, to start to become under control and the Federal Reserve uh, beginning to lower the rates 
maybe sometime in the uh, uh, second quarter of next year. So uh, we take a look at our own financial plan. Well, that's the most important part of the of the, the whole discussion in terms of uh, how we're using our capabilities and our resources and our assets uh, to meet our goals. In other words, uh, uh, we have goals in terms of uh, uh, retirement or, or in terms of uh, uh, starting a family or even the start of uh, uh, going and getting a, a start to your career with uh, education or an apprenticeship programs. Uh, these are all part of your goals. And the important thing is to identify them, uh, talk about the cost of those particular goals in terms of time, effort, dollars, and uh, uh, then spend your assets. Uh, principally, we talk about the financial assets uh, in terms of uh, achieving those goals, and that requires, in most cases, uh paying attention to a budget, putting together a budget depends the place you start is just uh, getting organized in terms of what you're spending and uh, where your uh, income is coming from, where your assets are, and uh, uh, getting that in shape so that the money that's coming in, a certain portion that can be saved and allocated to different goals and that you're on top of the uh, amount that you need to uh, attain those goals, and you're scoring away that amount and uh, watching it hopefully grow uh, in terms of your investment. So uh, that's the part of the the program that we're interested in in terms of uh, financial planning. We watch the big picture just to make sure that we know what's going on with regard to uh, the, the monies that are invested. But otherwise, it's uh, uh, paying attention to our goals, uh, how we're uh, saving for our goals, how we're going to meet our goals. And, and if we're not saving enough, uh, then we have to pick up the savings. Uh you know, most of the time, or a lot of time, uh, people look at the 401k and say, well, you should certainly save enough uh, to get the company match, but that only amounts to maybe 4 or 5% of uh, what you're really looking for in order to do a good job and have a secure retirement and a secure life is to be putting away something like... Uh, uh, 14, 15% in, uh, you know, let's say you have to put it all in your 401k, but putting that into investments uh, that uh, will assure that you can uh, have a good standard of living and at the same time meet your goals. So uh, with that in mind, uh, uh, you can give us a call at our toll-free number is one. 888-281-1110 for your questions, and we'll be glad to address them, and uh, stay tuned. Uh, we'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. Hi, I'm Colleen, producer of Get Rich Slow. 
Each week, we take calls from people just like you who have questions for our host, Jim McAleese. Oftentimes, however, Jim can't answer all your questions because of time restraints and the need for more detailed information. That's why we encourage you to call Cornerstones Consultants, Inc., the financial counseling service founded by Jim and Tama McAleese. Cornerstones Consultants, Inc. has helped thousands of clients get more for their money. Whether your financial goal is to avoid common investing mistakes, finding your next home, planning for retirement, finding the right mutual fund, or covering your assets with the right kind of insurance, Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. will guide you to wise financial choices. So call Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. for an appointment today. That number again, 440-647-2793. Now back to more Get Rich Slow with Jim Magalise. Welcome back to Get Rich Slow. This is your host this morning, Jim McAleese. Um, you know, one of the things that uh, our greatest, one of our biggest investments is the house. And uh, we look at the uh, Standard & Poor, uh, CoreLogic, Case Filler, uh, National Home Price Index. That's a mouthful. We look at that to give us an idea of how home prices are moving in certain areas of the country. And uh, uh, that gives us more a granular view of increases in 20 cities across the United States. And Cleveland, Ohio is one of those cities. And uh, the uh, indices was constructed to accurately track the price path of a typical single-family home located in each metropolitan area. Uh, each index combines a matched uh, price pair for thousands of individuals, individual houses from the available universe of uh, sales data. So the standard and poor uh, case filler uh, home price index uh, basically shows us that the uh, national U.S. national index posted a 2.6% increases in home prices from a year earlier. And if you take a look at the 10-city composite uh, set, there's a 3% increase in home prices from a year earlier. And if we track the existing uh, home price, we see that home prices uh, began to fall in June of last year, but when mortgage rates uh, began to climb. But in January of this year, that was the last month of decline. And since then, home prices have begun to uh, rise. According to uh, Craig uh, Lazaro, who's a managing director at the Standard and Poor uh, Dow Jones Industries, uh, he interpreted the results as, uh, quote, U.S. home prices continue to rise in August uh, 2023, our national composite. Uh, rose by four tenths of one percent in August, uh, the uh, which marks the seventh consecutive monthly great gain 
since prices bottomed out in December, uh, January of 2023. Uh, the composite now stands at 2.6% above a year ago uh, level and 6.4% above its January level. And uh, our 10-city and 20-city composites each also rose in August and likewise currently exceed their year-ago and their January uh, levels. One measure of the strength of the relationship of current prices to their historical levels is that uh, on that dimension, it's worth noting that uh, the uh, national composite, the 10-city composite, uh, and the seven individual cities, Atlanta, Boston, Charlotte, Chicago, Detroit, Miami, and New York, stand at their all-time highs. Uh, So uh, observing the breadth of price changes provides insight into another Dimension of the market, uh, the health of the housing market. Um, on a seasonally adjusted basis, prices increased in 19 of the 20 cities in August. So, um, what you're seeing is that the uh, uh, regional differences are substantial on a year over year basis. The three best uh, performing metropolitan areas in August were Chicago, and that was up 5%, New York 4.8%, and Detroit 4.8%. So that's the price increases over a year. And I think probably all three of those cities had been down. Uh, Chicago has topped the uh, leaderboard for four consecutive months. and uh, but. If you take a look at the West, where prices have been going up uh, tremendously over the last decade, uh, Las Vegas was down 4.9%, Phoenix was down 3.9%. If you categorize the Midwest, (coughs) excuse me just a second. If you look at the Midwest, uh, we're up 3.9%, and we're, we're one of the uh, nation's uh, strongest uh, regions. If we look at uh, Cleveland, uh, Cleveland is up 3.9% from a year ago, home prices. Uh, give you an idea, some context. Uh, Cleveland is up 3.9% over the last year. Minneapolis is up one9 Chicago's up five. Miami's up three point three. San Francisco is down two point five. Seattle is down one point five. And this is kind of <clears throat> kind of different than what we're seeing is the home prices are going up at the same time the uh, Interest rates are going up, too. So uh, that's unusual. Generally speaking, when the uh, interest rates begin to go up, then the home prices begin to go down. But we're in a situation right now where they're both going up at the same time, which which uh, really hurts the uh, 
the person who's trying to get started in, uh, you know, in uh, house buying and home ownership. So this is Jim McAleese. You're listening to Get Rich Slow. If you want to give us a call or ask us some questions or anything, you can give us a call over our toll-free number. It's one 281 Stay tuned. I'll be right back. Welcome back to Get Rich Flow. This is your host this morning, Jim McAleese. Uh, one of the things we talked about when we were talking about the, the effect of the, uh, uh, the Federal Reserve, the Federal Reserve has been trying to get this inflation under control, and their the process is to increase the interest rates and slow down the economy. Slowing down the economy reduces the demand. And hence, the uh, helps to reduce inflation at the same time. So, if we take a look at what slowing the economy amounts to, generally it amounts to uh, slowing down the manufacturing and slowing down the service industries. Uh, last week, I uh, indicated how they were slowing down the, the manufacturing. This week, we're going to take a look at the uh, service industries. So. Uh, excuse me. Uh, the service in. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me again. Need a little bit of uh, coffee here. Uh, the service industries, the the Institute of Supply Management, they put out a report for October, and uh, the chairman of the uh, you know the ISM Business Survey Committee is Anthony Needs, and uh, he shows that the uh, uh, service sector is still positive in expanding, but at a slower pace than in September. And they do that by taking a look at uh, the survey results. And the the index is generated by the uh, Institute of Supply Management uh, from surveys that the they talk to the executives and they ask them uh, how this rate, how this month compares to last month, and for different uh, parameters such as uh, new orders, uh, production, shipment, employment, uh, backlog of orders, things of this nature, and then what the uh, Institute of Supply Management does is grind these numbers together. And they come up with a uh, a survey number, which is interprets how that service sector is growing. Uh, fifty, a number of fifty, indicates neutrality, and that means that uh, you're not growing, you're not contract contracting. A uh, number greater than fifty indicates that you're growing. The service sector is growing. A number less than fifty indicates that you're contracting. So. What you're seeing right now is uh, October's number 
is 51.8, which means that the service sector is still growing. But if you look back over the previous two months, you'll see that in September, it was 53.6, and in August, it was 54.5. So they've gone from 54.5 to 53.6 to 51.8, so we're definitely on a downward uh, trend here. And they did collect some of the uh, responses from the executives to give us an idea of, of what they're seeing out there. And according to uh, uh, people in the accommodations and the food services industry, uh, quote, in general, commodity prices are coming down, but some categories, especially labor, are still elevated and will remain so for the immediate future. Uh, suppliers are citing increased labor costs, uh, wages, salaries, and benefits as the biggest reason for price increases. Uh, the construction industry, uh, their comments were the strength in certain construction sectors is leading to continued optimism. Construction equipment and materials are at uh, available generally at lower prices and faster deliveries. However, that's not the case for all materials or equipment, and some prices remain high and uh, uh, with long lead times. So then you also have uh, health care and social assistance, which you heard a lot about the uh, the nurses and the availability of nurses and things of this nature. Uh, labor pressure continues, particularly in areas that are hard to recruit, uh, filling frontline and lower-skilled labor positions has gotten very expensive because of competition from large companies and logistics providers. Also, middle management roles are harder to recruit for than they've been in some years. And uh, in terms of, uh, let's talk about management of companies. And uh, here's some comments. We are taking a cautious approach due to the increase in crude oil prices. Capital projects have been slowed or postponed until uh, oil prices stabilize. We expect this approach to continue through fiscal year 2024. Uh, the uh, uh, let's see, wholesale sales, uh, the UAW strike, and potential government shutdown have created risks and cautions for our customers who have pulled back purchases beginning uh, this month. That was uh, that was before they settled. Those comments were before they settled the strikes. And uh, well, they uh, let me let me take that back. They. Uh, as far as I know, they really haven't settled the UAW strike until they get the response from the from the uh, <clears throat> the different uh, uh, workers. The workers have to vote on the contract. They they negotiated the contract with the big three, but it hasn't been ratified yet by all the workers. So that's still an open issue. Um, um, professional and technical services, their comments are due to the Israel-Hamas war, K 
communications with clients in the Middle East is pretty much all shut down. Uh, and then they take a look and say, okay, what is the, what's happening in the service industries? Uh, what we're seeing is that uh, it's growing, but slower than before. Uh, in terms of production, it's, it's uh, also continued to grow, but slower than before. New waters, uh, there's some optimism there in the sense that new waters are growing faster than they did before. And uh, in terms of employment, uh, and we saw this during the uh, uh, in the employment report about a week or two ago. Uh, employment is growing, but at a slower pace than before. And uh, supplier deliveries are faster, and they're moving up uh, faster from slowing. They were slowing before. Now they now they're uh, as things slow down, uh, the supply chains are moving faster, and they're probably giving uh, better prices too. Uh, Here's prices. The prices are continuing to increase, but at a slower pace than before. And the uh, backlog of orders indicates that the backlog is growing. And uh, the previous position was it was contracting. And uh, uh, if you take a look and see what what's happened, uh, I think we mentioned that already in the service industries in August. Their uh, survey. The uh, number was 54.5. Then in September, it went down to uh, 53.6. And then in October, which is the latest number, it's 51.8. So we are basically heading down towards that 50 number that indicates uh, uh, the demarcation. It'll give you an idea of what some of the... Some of the uh, other comments from uh, SP Standard and Poor Global U.S. Services, uh, they are different than the Institute of Supply Management. They have a different methodology, but both systems rely upon uh, interviews with uh, executives in the uh, industries. And uh, in that particular case, the Standard and Poor Global uh, U.S. service providers signaled a marginal rise in business activity for October, with growth regaining some momentum following broadly unchanged outputs in September. That's according to the latest uh, Purchasing Managers Index data from S&P Global. New orders fell again, uh, but at a slower pace amid a renewed upturn in new business from abroad. And uh, the, uh, the index number in their case was also, uh, it's also revolves around 50, 50 being neutral. And the business activity uh, index from the standard and poor global for services was 50.6 in October. That was uh, up from 50.1 in September. In Chris Williamson, who's the chief business economist at Standard and Poor Global, he said that the purchasing manager survey paints a far more uh, subdued picture of U.S. health, economic health, than the latest uh, GDP numbers. 
with October seeing very muted uh, growth of business activity for a third consecutive month, uh, a summer surge in service sector activity fueled by rising consumer spending has stalled. Uh, Manufacturing is, meanwhile, also struggling to regain momentum amid weak global demand. As such, the survey data are broadly consistent with the GDP rising at an annual rate of about 1.5%. If you recall, uh, a week or two ago, they posted that the uh, GDP, the real GDP numbers uh, for the third quarter were something like uh, 4 point, I think they were 4.9%. So it's going to be a big uh, uh, trip down from um, uh, 49 to 1.5. So outside, an upside of the uh, weak demand environment is the further cooling of price pressures in October, which brings the Fed's 2% target into focus for the first time in three years. Uh, the brighter outlook for inflation and hopes of a commensurate peaking of interest rates has helped lift business confidence to, uh, in the year-ahead prospects. But new business inflows need to pick up in both services as well as manufacturing to ensure robust growth can be sustained sustained as we head towards the end of the year. So it's not a... Uh, <laughs> it's a, kind of a pessimistic... Uh, uh, assessment of, of what they're looking at there, but that's that's what the Federal Reserve wants to do, wants to slow the economy down, and basically uh, they've been reasonably successful at doing that so far in the sense that uh, you know, inflation uh, in June of last year, uh, over a 12-month period, was 9.1%. And uh, today it's about 3.5% over a 12 month period. And if you take a look at it for a shorter time than 12 months, let's say three months, a quarter, uh, it's below 3%. So it's closing in on, on that 2% target. And uh, when they get close enough to the 2% target, there'll probably be a discussion about uh, what's so great about two, why not? Uh, if it's at 2.5 or something like that, there might be a serious discussion about, uh, you know, why don't we just uh, call it victory and go home at that point and say, hey, we got inflation down to 2.5%. So we'll see what happens uh, in, in the, in the uh, uh, fight for inflation. Of course, uh, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that have impact uh the stocks and the bonds and the inflation and the economy. So it's a guessing game as to uh, what will happen in the future. So uh, this is Jim McAleese. You're listening to Get Rich Slow. Uh, Stay tuned. I'll be right back.
Welcome back to Get Rich Slow. This is your host this morning, Jim McAleese. Uh, one of the things that uh, we just talked about, the service industry, and it's on a path uh, to start contracting. It's still it's still growing, but it's growing at a slower pace each month for the last three months, and uh, which is exactly where the Federal Reserve wants it to be. And uh, the taking a look at the manufacturing, according to the Department of Commerce's uh, monthly report, uh, the full report on manufacturer shipments, uh, inventories, orders for September, uh, indicate that the uh, uh, orders for manufactured goods increased 2.8% in September, following a 1.0% increase, uh, you know, uh, from August. Uh, Shipments for manufactured goods increased $2.1 billion, or four-tenths of a percent to $588.1 billion in September. That followed a 1.3% increase in August. And if you take, uh, take a look at durable manufactured goods, let's take a look at the new orders for durable manufactured goods. These are things that last more than three years. Uh, the new orders for durable manufactured goods increased $13.1 billion, or 4.6%, to $297 billion. And the transportation equipment uh, led the increase uh, with an increase of $12.3 billion. In terms of shipments, Shipments of durable manufactured goods, they decreased at nine tenths of one percent or uh, 0.3 percent. Well, they increased, they decreased 0.9 billion or 0.3 percent to 283 billion. And transportation uh, equipment led the decrease uh, because. Uh, we have that strike going on uh, at the UAW, so at the um, at the automobile plants. Uh, non-durable manufactured uh, new orders increased uh, three billion or one percent, and the shipments of non-durable goods uh, increased three billion or one percent to three hundred and four billion dollars. So, uh, indeed, what you're seeing is that. Uh, uh, the orders, let's say year-to-date orders for manufactured goods, uh, uh, all, manu- all manufactured goods were up seven tenths of one percent. Durable manufactured goods were up at four point four percent, and the big ones there were uh, uh, civilian aircraft. Civilian aircraft uh, orders were up 42.2% since the start of the year. Defense aircraft were up 15.4% since the start of the year. And motor vehicles were up uh, 3.9%. So uh, this is uh, Jim McAleese. You're listening to Get Rich Slow. Stay tuned. I'll be right back.
Welcome back to Get Rich Slow. Today, today is Veterans Day. We need to take some time to reflect on the sacrifices that our soldiers, sailors, Marines, and airmen who served or are now serving our country have made for us. Be sure to say a prayer for them and their families. And But we don't have to restrict our prayers and thanks to only one day. Our hearts and prayers should go out to them every day. Our thoughts are drawn to the sacrifices of our young men and women overseas. We all remember the day when we wore the uniform. We also remember and hold dear the memories of our fathers and uncles who also served. Last year, one of my listeners sent me an article they clipped out that spoke to the veterans. The title was, In Honor of the Veteran. For those who have served in the armed forces of the United States of America, we are eternally grateful. For the lost sons and daughters of war, we can only swear on our sacred honor that we'll never forget their courageous sacrifices and pray that theirs may be the last. The war is not intrinsically a noble or honorable endeavor. It is those who rise to the challenge and engage in it for the greater good that makes it so. They are all of us and we are they. When one of them dies or is missing, our resolve is strengthened by the loss equal to the degree that the lost soldier is honored and remembered by those who remember us remain alive and free. So our patriotic duty to one of those who've been lost. So until we meet again next week, may God protect you and keep you safe. You've been listening to Get Rich Slow with Jim McAleese of Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. Located at 47149 Bursley Road, Wellington, Ohio, 44090, where securities and investment advisory services are offered through Next Financial Group, Inc., a member of FINRA and SIPC. Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group, Inc., The materials Jim shares is not intended as an offer or solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security or other financial instrument. Past performance does not guarantee future performance. All the views expressed are those of James McAleese and Cornerstones Consultants, Inc., and not those of Next Financial Group, Inc. Next Financial Group does not provide tax advice. The S&P 500 is a market cap weighted index composed of the common stocks of 500 leading companies in leading industries of the U.S. economy. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is a price-weighted index of 30 actively traded blue-chip stocks. To make an appointment with Jim regarding your own finances, call 440-647-2793. That number again, 440-647-2793. Jim will be back with Get Rich Slow next Saturday morning on 1420 WHK with more common sense finance strategies for financial winners. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.